Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners. So I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. This week, I get to talk to you about one of my absolute passion topics, which is building your personal brand in order to obviously grow your brand, but also to grow the brand of your business. And I'm really excited because I've got something very closely related to this topic to invite you to today. So when I started my first business 11 years ago, I can't believe it's been so long, I had zero profile, zero marketing budget, and zero business experience. And I really felt like the one thing I did have was me. (laughs) So I set about building my brand in order to build the brand of the business. And thankfully, my plan worked. Focusing on my personal brand for the last decade has changed my life. It's changed my business. It enabled me to build an award-winning first business with absolutely no marketing budget, to publish four books, host a podcast for the last four years, this one you're listening to right now, and also to build a second business that now enables me to live anywhere in the world. And on the way, I figured out a lot what was worth investing time in, what was a spectacular waste of time, had lots of those. I navigated all the mindset hurdles from self-doubt to imposter syndrome, you name it, I have had the mindset hurdles when it comes to building a personal brand. And eventually I created my own model for what an effective personal brand looks like. And it's interesting that I'm recording this episode for you right now because just this morning I was mentoring my very first Power Month mentee and I took her through that exact model this morning. So in two hours, we pretty much mapped out the business that she's had kind of taking up a place in her brain for the last six years. It's finally, she can see how it will look based on going through that model this morning, which is so incredibly fulfilling to get to do that. So really growing your brand is never a bad idea. Being more visible enables more of your dream customers to find your business, helps them build trust in you, and it makes them a hell of a lot more likely to actually buy from you. And I want to be really clear here. Personal brands are not solely the domain of influencers and coaches. Absolutely not. Every business model will benefit from the increased profile of its founder. I think we need to remember here that people connect with people, not brands. And the halo effect of a high-profile founder is absolutely invaluable. So I want to invite you today to come behind this curtains of how to build and amplify your personal brand with a three-day, high-octane, high-value experience. I'm calling it the show-up. And in it, I'll be sharing the most nuggety, hard-won lessons I've had in this space. So it's happening from Wednesday 22nd to Friday 24th of March. And over those three days, I'm going to be stepping you through each day an individual pillar. So day one, our pillar is going to be strategy, which is why I'm talking through that model that I shared with my mentee this morning. Day two is going to be mindset because I honestly think that mindset is the biggest tripping point for anyone looking to build a personal brand. 
And day three is content. So how to actually create content that connects, which is also actually my masterclass in my Bold Darling group this month. So this really is going to be one of the most potent three days of your business life. You're going to be getting a direct download from my 11 years of entrepreneurial experience and five years of mentoring entrepreneurs. And the rate card investment, if I was to work out what I would charge for this, if it was a paid experience, should be at least $397. However, I know how important this training is and I want as many business owners as possible to experience it. So I'm offering it for, do my drum roll, it's free. It's absolutely no payment is required from you. What I do ask though, is that you, because it's the show up, you show up for yourself during the experience. So jump to bowlsdarling.com forward slash show up. And I'll also pop the link in the show notes as well. I'm really, really excited to do this. As you're going to hear in this week's episode, I am very, very passionate (laughs) about this topic. So what I also wanted to share with you, I think with the show, it's going to be quite strategic because I think a mistake that a lot of us make is we can get quite tactical when it comes to building our personal brands. So what I really want to do as part of the show up is to get you crystal clear on the strategy for your personal brand, whether that is your business or it's part of your business. And also to get you super unblocked when it comes to those mindset blocks, because they are such a drain. And they hold the most brilliant people back from really creating something that would make a huge difference in the lives of others. So the show up is quite strategic for the purposes of this episode. I'm actually going to be quite tactical. I'm going to take quite a different approach. And what I want to share with you is five quick hacks to boost your personal brand. These are hacks that you can actually kick into action today. Snappy, quick, quick, smart. And I'm going to go through them now. So first of all, Add speaker to your website bio, your Insta bio, and your Facebook bio. Even if you have never done a minute speaking before, it sets you apart as someone who is, can do that, who can show up and do that. And chances are the first speaking invites you will ever get, if you're anything like my experience and like most of my mentees who I've mentored on this side of things, they're going to be panels where you are sitting with two or three other people on a panel, whether it's over Zoom or you're at the front of a room somewhere and someone else is going to be asking the question. It's often called the facilitator or the moderator. And you will also 99% of the time with the panel, you will have been sent the questions beforehand. You will probably have had a briefing call with your other panel members. So you'll get used to who they are and get a bit of a feel for them. So it's really easy to start with panels because you're not, it's not you carrying the room. And I'm saying this as someone who was in the past, absolutely shit scared of public speaking. It was genuinely one of my biggest fears was actually getting up in front of a room and speaking. And now it's one of my favorite, favorite things to do. So getting yourself almost like setting out your market stall that you could do speaking if asked is a really great way just to, to change people's perception of you and put you in there as a contender for any events that they may be putting together. And as I said, panels 99% of the time are going to be your first foray into speaking. And they're a much more easeful way of easing into speaking than getting paid $2,000 for your first keynote and then (laughs) feeling all that pressure. So getting your title as a speaker into, yeah, your About You page on your website, Instabio and Facebook is a really, really great thing to do. And actually another bonus tip on this is actually I've got two bonus tips for you with the panels. So let's say you get invited to be on a panel. 
I have been on many panels with very, very high profile experts and business owners and entrepreneurs who have done their prep in advance and they're sitting at the panel with their notes on their lap. So please don't ever be embarrassed to do your prep beforehand and to have it on stage with you. It is very accepted and it's just a really great way of showing that you're you're taking this seriously and you want to do a really good job and share the very best that you can possibly share with the audience. So please do feel free to take your notes on stage with you. Obviously over Zoom, it's a bit easier to have your notes in front of you. And the other bonus tip that I wanted to share with you as well is if you do any speaking, make sure you get someone to take some photos of you in action. They don't need to be super high quality. They don't have to be professional standard, but just having some shots of you physically on a stage or physically presenting over Zoom, obviously you can screenshot that yourself, is super, super helpful for future speaking opportunities. And I remember one of my mentees, Hannah, I did quite a bit of work with her on her personal brand a few years ago, and I would drive her so hard. (laughs) If I knew she was doing speaking, I'd be texting her saying, have you got some photos? Have you got some videos? Always just sharing where you are and what you're doing, because again, you just never know who's going to be watching and listening who might have another speaking opportunity for you. So tip one is to add speaker to all of your bios all around the world, all, all around your different places on the interwebs and also get some images of yourself if possible. So ask someone, just brief someone beforehand to take some shots and just tell them, look, the more the merrier and you can select the best one. My second tip to giving yourself a quick boost to your personal brand is to enter awards. And I used to joke about this when I spoke about this on stage more in the early days of my first business, because awards really were the key linchpin for me in building my profile initially. And I used to make a joke when I talked about how I built my personal brand using awards and therefore obviously the profile of the business. And I would say that my biggest tip to entering awards, and I would say, can anyone guess what it is? And people would have a few cracks at it. And what I would actually answer, and very rarely people would come up with this answer, I would joke that the key to entering awards, my top secret tip, is to actually enter them. And that always got a giggle in the room when I said that. And what I mean by that is there's so many people who hold them back some sense, hold themselves back from entering awards because they feel that they are not so BFF, imposter syndrome where they feel like, oh, I no way I'd enter awards. There's no way our business is ready. It's too young. It's too small. It's not making enough money. It's not doing high enough profile work, whatever it might be. And the fact is that someone needs to win those awards. And I've been fortunate enough now over my career to actually enter a lot of awards and be in rooms where I'm being judged for awards, but also to be the judge of awards. And it was so fascinating. I remember, God, what was it about eight years ago? And I was judging the medium-sized PR agency of the year category within Australia. It was an organization within Australia. And I had booked out, I think allowed three hours to go through all the entries around this online portal that as a judge, then you go through and you rate them and all the things. And I'd allowed three hours in my afternoon to go through all these awards entries. And I couldn't believe when I logged in, I think there was only like 20 entries. And that's all the medium-sized PR agencies in all of Australia. I mean, we're talking hundreds, if not thousands of agencies that would sit within that category. So my biggest tip with awards is obviously go find them and do your entries and all the things. But honestly, my biggest tip is to just enter them. Really give yourself the chance at entering them. And I've worked with many a mentee on getting award wins happening for their businesses. 
And the fact is, they're not always going to win. And chances are, they don't really win for the first couple of rounds that they enter. But over time, you start to learn how the system works. You start to learn how to do a really great entry. Some super well-organized awards organizations will actually give you feedback on your entry, even if you don't get shortlisted. So it's just a really good way of learning and getting better and better, just like job interviews. You know, the more you do, the better you get at them. And then the other really important thing, which I think a lot of people forget when it comes to awards, is if you think about the people who are judging these awards, they are the industry leaders of whatever industry the awards are representing. So when you write an award, it's almost like it's forcing that person, whoever those judges are, to spend a few minutes with your business or with you and hear about you and and why you're doing what you do and, and how you do it. So that's never going to be a waste of time. And only yesterday I had a mentoring session with one of my annual mentees and she had reached out to someone to get some advice, someone who was more senior than her in her industry and had just achieved something that my mentee would like to achieve at some point. And she reached out to this woman and this woman said yes to a phone call. And I really do think it was because this woman was aware of my mentee because she had judged so many of her awards entries over the years. So please do remember it's a brilliant profile building, even if it doesn't eventuate in a finalist or a winner trophy or medal. It's still so worth doing just to really build your visibility with essentially the industry leaders within your industry. I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity not to get yourself into some awards. My third tip on giving your personal brand a boost is to, oh God, I seriously, I could just do a whole episode on this particular topic. Get decent headshots done. This is my absolute fucking bugbear. When I see people, whether they're sending in awards entries or it's on their Insta profile or their LinkedIn profile, or they're pitching themselves as a podcast guest for my show and their headshot is just, it's not professional. And I really don't think this needs to be Cindy Crawford, (laughs) bit of a throwback there. It doesn't need to be full Cindy Crawford level, you know, Annie Leibovitz. It's really just an image. Let me give you some criteria. It's a good shot of you. It's got good lighting. There are no children. There is no best friend who's been cropped out of it. There's no husband or partner that's been cropped out of it. You're not holding a drink in your hand. (laughs) Really, really simple things. Ideally against a bit of a play, as plain a background as possible. Like it's that simple. Even if you got your friend to take that kind of shot. I know I've had experiences in the past in my first business. We would often put together thought leadership events and I would invite our clients to come and speak at those events. And our clients were big corporate brands. They were big, big corporate companies. But because I was often speaking to the kind of middle to senior level manager, they wouldn't often have headshots. It was like the head honchos that would have their shots done. I have taken many a headshot of a client on my camera, on my phone, outside their office standing or you know, standing in reception against a blank wall. It, something like that is so much more professional than a personal photo that you have cropped back to serve the purposes of a professional headshot. So obviously, if you can invest in getting a professional photographer to do it, get your hair and makeup done, go for gold. But if that's not available to you right now, just ticking those boxes that I've shared alone would make an epic difference. And just the, I like to talk about the optics on things, you know, the optics of you having a professional headshot versus you having one that's got your kid's best friend, husband, partner, glass of champagne in hand, maybe all of those, you know, a shot that is just simple, good lighting, nice shot of you smiling, that is going to just send so much more of a credible message 
to anyone who's scoping you out for any potential profile building opportunities, whether that is to come and speak at their event, it's to come and run a training session for the team, it's to be a guest on their podcast, whatever it might be, really does tell a much more professional, I've got my shit together, I'm building my profile actively and I'm committed to it story. So yes, tip number three, please get decent headshots done. And also just as a, I guess, an adjunct to that, if you have got headshots, but they're quite dated now, like they're from five, five years plus ago, five years plus, I would really suggest that you get, get some fresh ones done, give them a juice and you will feel so much more engaged yourself with your personal brand when you've got really nice images to share. It makes a huge difference. And actually, if you want to swat up on some tips on nailing your photo shoot, I did an episode uh, about 10 episodes back, which is how to glow up your next photo shoot. And in that, I share all my behind the scenes tips and tricks to really nailing a photo shoot. I tend to do probably three to four photo shoots a year because I launch a couple of times a year. I open Bold Darling Doors twice a year and also just as fuel for the hungry content engine. They're great shots to have for the artwork of maybe new masterclasses that I launch or programs or playbooks. It's just really good, I find, to have that, not constant, but that occasional download of new images that I can work with within my business. Now, my fourth tip on boosting your personal brand is to pitch yourself as a podcast guest. And I think this is another one where the imposter syndrome kicks in epically badly, where you feel, oh, you know, it's just me. I haven't got that much experience. You pretty much talk yourself out of any opportunity to go and put yourself forward as a podcast guest. But just like I said for awards, someone has to be on these podcast shows. And I know from experience that coming up with different podcast guests, depending on the model, mine tends to be 50% me, 50% guests. But coming up with ideas for who the guests will be, it's really quite an intensive task. And I know many friends of mine who've got quite high profile podcasts, they've got an entire team who's dedicated to actually managing pitches and also going out and pitching to guests to appear on that person's show. So please do remember, someone has to be on these shows. And like it's probably going to be a theme throughout everything I'm sharing today, you just need to ask. If someone says no, they say no. It's really not the biggest of deals. And I've worked with many a mentee now who, for them, podcast building their profile as a podcast guest has been a really key element of them building their brands. And let's just say it really does pay off. And I think the thing to remember as well with this is that the pitch can be really simple. And I would love to share a really simple pitch that I would write if I was you pitching yourself for a podcast. It's first of all, why, who, what, how? So why you? Like, Why have you got something? To, why is this topic important? Who you are? So a snapshot of your credibility, your experience, potentially any other speaking or podcast interviews that you have done. And next thing you want to talk about is what? So what is it that you are going to speak to? And then how could you cover that? So What's really handy, I love getting this. I get a lot of pitches for my show. I don't really know where people are finding me from. A lot of like overseas peeps and like credible peeps. It's really cool. It's very, very flattering. And that would be a really nice structure that I would love to get as someone who does run a podcast. The why, why this topic is so important, who you are, what it is that you want to talk about and how you would talk about it. And having almost like the five questions that you would answer as part of that how makes it really easy to see, okay, this is where this person could add value as a podcast guest, 
but also it makes my job so easy when I'm then going and writing the brief for the podcast guests in terms of the talking points that I want to cover in the episode with them because they've done a lot of my hard work already. I know the the real killer questions that really gets them in their zone of genius and really gets them adding value for my listeners. So that might be a really nice simple format for you to pitch. And another tip that I would love to pass on. So I had Rebecca Saunders who calls herself the video ninja. She was a guest on my show about six episodes ago. And when I interviewed Rachel, or sorry, when I interviewed Rebecca, within I think a few minutes of us hanging up on the interview over Zoom, she had sent me this email. It was obviously a canned email that she had, so a pre-prepared email. And it said, here's a link to all my headshots. Here's a link to my bio. Here's a link to this tool that your audience can download. Here's a link to this tool that your audience can download. She just had her shit together so hard. It was awesome. And I remember actually showing it to my bold darling group because we had a month in last year. So we have a monthly theme every month as part of bold darling. And we had a theme called profile and influence. I think it was September last year. And I actually showed them Rebecca's email as part of my masterclass, just to show like to me, this is what best in class looks like in terms of how to make everyone's life easier for you to be their podcast guest. And I feel like I'm thinking about lots more tips within these. Another tip that my very, very clever mentee, Michelle Cavello passed on, who is one of my mentees who has done a stellar job at getting herself out and about on podcasts. What she now does is because she's been on so many podcasts, she has created a playlist on Spotify of all the episodes that she has been on, which means then that when she goes and pitches herself for the next person's podcast, she can say, and here's a link to the Spotify playlist. And that just gives epic credibility because as I said, she's been on a few now and also gives the person who she's pitching to or their team a chance to go and listen to some episodes and essentially audition her to be on their show. So Yes, I feel like I'm packing extra extra nuggets in here that I wasn't planning on packing, but I'm hoping this is helpful for you. And the other thing just to remember as well, it's you can have all the imposter syndrome in the world and the self-doubt in the world. And what has happened many times for me pitching to someone else and then someone else pitching to me is that very often the perfect person will just drop into my inbox at the exact time that I need them. I'll give you an example. A few years ago, God, maybe three years ago, I launched my Get Remarkably Organized program. I relaunched it. I hadn't run it for a long time. And I wanted to create two bonus masterclasses or yeah, sessions, which were going to be with experts. So I had one who was with Bridget Johns, and she was focusing on how to declutter, like how to really offload the crap. I can speak to that, but I felt like I really wanted an expert who can really dive deep into that topic. So she ran a bonus session. And then I really wanted to talk about the power of habits and how do we change our habits for the better. And I was really stuck in it because I couldn't really think of who my person would be. And just as I was trying to figure this out, that same week, Rachel Crether, who's a clinical hypnotherapist, she's an RTT practitioner, so rapid transformation therapy, dropped into my inbox and she'd been introduced by my friend Jacqueline and said, hey, just want to let you know, I love your show love your work. And these are the topics that I can speak to if you would ever like me to be on the show. And I was like, oh my God. And she had one of them was behavior change and effective upgrading of habits. So I was so thrilled because of course I wanted to have her on the show, which I did, but also I had her join me as the guest expert as part of that Get Remarkably Organized program. So please do trust your hunches, trust the timing that when you are pitching to someone, chances are it's not going to happen every time, of course, 
But chances are you will hit gold at some point where you land into someone's inbox or slide into their DMs at the perfect time when they're looking for someone exactly like you. So please do pitch yourself as a podcast guest and by extension a speaker, of course, and just trust that someone needs to fill those spots on those shows. Now, my last tip on how to boost your personal brand is to update your bios. And what I mean by that, it's update your bios across all your different social media platforms, but also update the about page on your website. I feel like particularly with websites, there's such a huge task at the time that we're creating them. And then we can forget to look at them for a very, very long time. So I think it's a really good idea just to, and it's painful because you don't want to see how kind of out of whack things are, how not up to date they are. But just taking that time to to have a bit of a review, have a bit of an audit. And even if it's just, I mean, I remember when I did this myself years ago, I hadn't actually added Wilder as their son onto my bio. And it's just little things like that, just make things feel more updated, feel more current to anyone who might be pitching to you. And also it's a chance for you to make sure that any wins that you have had, like an award win or a new client win or a new hire, that it is accurately reflected in your digital footprint that people will come across. So there were my five very, very speedy tips to really turbocharge to boost your personal brand in order to build the brand of your business. Please do join me on the show up. As I said, the link is bolddarling.com forward slash show up. And that is going to be diving a lot more in depth And I guess maybe I'd say a lot more cerebrally into the personal brand space. As I said, my intention with that is to get you really clear on what success looks like for you from your personal brand. It's also to give you a framework with which you can build your personal brand, which, as I said, is the framework that I've crafted myself over the last 11 years and mentored many a mentee through as well, latest being this morning. And also really critically helping you remove the blocks around mindset when it comes to building your personal brand. I can imagine for many of you listening, as you're listening to me sharing this about pitching yourself for a podcast or even maybe having a photo shoot done, you've got that like inner shudder and inner cringe where you're like, oh no, you especially, if that's you right now, you need to join me on the show up because we're really going to tackle those mindset blocks in a very proactive and very positive kind way. So I really hope these tips have helped. I think the last thought that I want to leave you on as part of this episode is I talk a lot with my mentees around the snowball effect. It can feel like pushing snow uphill for quite a while as you start to build your personal brand. It can feel like you're not catching many breaks, that you're having to be very, very proactive. Maybe people aren't emailing you back. I would just say, please do keep going because the kind of sneaky and magical thing about building your personal brand is that once you're on that first podcast episode, someone else will hear you. And then maybe they've got a panel event coming up or they've got a podcast themselves, or they're looking to hire someone to coach their team. And then you go maybe and you coach the team and then someone in the room's husband or wife is hosting a podcast or they're hosting an event. There's a whole snowball effect that starts to kick into action. And I remember talking to Michelle Cavella, one of my mentees about this, And I could see she was a bit cynical, like, yeah, yeah, right. And that woman over the last year is just rolling in snowballs. You know, her snowball is just, she's not having to do anything 
proactive anymore with her profile. It's so many opportunities are coming to her, which is a really, really, really beautiful place to be. So please do remember that it's not all uphill with this particular endeavor. It does get easier, but the only way it's going to get easier if you actually is if you start making some inroads on <laughs> building a personal brand. And as I said, I've got the perfect vehicle for you kicking off on the 22nd of March for three days, which is the show up. I'll pop the link in the show notes to that. And I am very excited to, to host that and everyone who's already signed up and sending all my love and really excited to come back and talk to you again in next week's episode. Please do remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever have to miss an episode. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions and requests for future topics on what I share here on the show. So please do reach out via my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au or connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor. I would also love if you could rate and review the podcast as it helps even more brilliant listeners like you find the show. Thank you so much again for listening this week. Thank you.